This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. And today, those of you that are on the steps, those of you that are behind me, those of you that are out here, pastors on the wall, watchmen on the wall, people in the balcony, the overflows, uh, don't let nobody tell you, sit down, be quiet. Don't say hallelujah. Don't say amen. When you hear truth today and when you hear about what I'm about to talk to you about, this word that I want to leave you from the topic, Jesus. My, what a pitiful response to the name that's above every name. What a, what a pitiful response. What a pitiful expression of, of appreciation to the name that's above every name, Jesus. Father, help me now. Bless me with the ability to represent you properly at this hour, to leave this word with this people for an eternal purpose. Thank you for being all we need in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now put your hands together for the word of the Lord. Much has been taught and caught this week. The topics for the workshops and the messages from each session and even in the evening sessions have been uh, impactful, but also catchy and unforgettable. I had a great time participating and preaching during this wonderful action conference, our time together. My topics personally were, it's time to wake up. It's been 40 years of faith and courage, sound living and sound doctrine. And there is an anointing for what's next. All of those topics, I believe, were from God, were of God, and hopefully the messages glorified God. But today's topic trumps them all. Today's topic is the zenith of them all. If I had one word that I would want to leave with you here in Zimbabwe, it's this one. If there is one word that I want to uh, give to you that you would never forget, it's this one today. That word is Jesus. We sing a song about Jesus back home in the U.S., and I know that you sing it here as well. It's called Waymaker. Waymaker. It goes like this. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. This song about Jesus is powerful. He is a waymaker. He made a way out of no way for us. And he keeps on making a way out of no way. Matter of fact, he actually became the way. John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one cometh to the Father but by me. 
So Jesus is the way that gives us life, and he is the way that gives us truth. Secondly, Jesus is a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. When he came, the world was broken and in need of a physician. He's not someone who practices medicine. Jesus heals all manner of sickness and disease or dis-ease. He was anointed to heal all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus opened blind eyes, made the lame to walk, raised the dead to life, and put lives and families back together again. Jesus cured lepers and forgave prostitutes and walked on water. Even the wind and the seas obeyed him. He changed lives spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Jesus is a miracle worker. Next, Jesus is the promise keeper. Tommy reminded us that this is who he is. Did you know that there are over 8,000 promises that are recorded in the word of God? And all of them find their yes in Jesus. 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 20. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Through Jesus and his promises, we utter our amen to the glory of God the Father. And Taz told us this week that amen means he said it, so let it be. So Jesus is not like mortal man. We are promise makers, but we are also promise breakers. Did you know that there has never been a promise from God himself that has not been fulfilled in Jesus himself and that did not glorify the father himself? Oh, by the way, one more. Jesus is light in the darkness. Amen. God sends people who bear light and who can give light to men. This week, many came bearing light. Every time someone took this stage or stood before people, they gave light, but not like Jesus. Jesus is different altogether. Uh, John 1, 6, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now, if you don't know who that is, John 8, 12 says it like this. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Hallelujah. Jesus, John 1, 14, is the word made flesh. What is the word? The word is a lamp unto our feet and a guide unto our path. So we see that Jesus is a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who he is. But Jesus is more than that. 
We all know that there's power in the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, we read every knee shall bow and every tongue must confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The authority for the power to heal, even the power to heal, cast out devils and overcome life challenges are all found in that simple name of Jesus. Matter of fact, if you ever wonder why there's so much controversy over the use of this name, especially in many public forums and in certain parts of the world, here's why. The devil knows that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. At the name of Jesus, demons tremble they believe that he is the one God and the demons believe that there is but one God and they tremble in the United States the name of Jesus and all that Jesus stood for is literally under attack I know you hear about it and read about it but we are spiraling down in our moral stance we have a moral decline in America like we've never had before at least in my lifetime it is controversial in the United States States and even forbidden in the United States in many public and governmental functions even to pray or to say the name of Jesus. You are instructed to pray and to say things like at the end, in his name, I pray. In the name of the God of your choice or in the name of the many gods. We are instructed to pray that way. I was chosen to preach a high school graduation once of my rival high school. It was in a large auditorium similar to this. Everybody was there. And the principal sent me a memo before I came and said, sir, we appreciate the fact that you have chosen to be our speaker at this year's graduation. Superintendent of schools will be there. Other council people will be there. City officials will be there. And we're asking you that the law says you cannot say the name of Jesus. But if you say the name of Jesus, you have to say Buddha, Krishna, Allah. You have to give equal time to each one of the many gods that are out there. And so I said, I, I came to the auditorium and the people were massed just like this and they were packed in there, parents celebrating the graduation of their children, superintendent celebrating that this school, there's so many graduates. And I stood up and I took the letter that the lady sent me and I said, I got this memo before I came that says that if I'm going to preach today to you, then I... If I'm going to use the name of Jesus then, and speak the name of Jesus, then I'm going to have to say Krishna, Buddha, Muhammad, Allah, Allah, and give them equal time. So let me get this out of the way. Krishna, Buddha, Krishna, Muhammad, Allah, uh, and Jesus. I said, and the reason that they don't want me to say the name of Jesus, and they want to add Krishna, Buddha, Muhammad, and Allah, because can't none of them save you. If Jesus is the name that's above every name, and, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, and I said, I can't help but say the name of Jesus, because it was Jesus that saved me. It was Jesus that delivered me, and it's because of Jesus that I'm here today, and in Jesus, I live, move, breathe, and have my being. It's Jesus, and by that time, I looked around, and the super 
superintendent of school had his gown on, he was up like this and he would dance on the stage because they knew that they got their education and they knew that they were able to climb the corporate ladder, not because of their own goodness or because of their own knowledge or because of their own resource, but because of Jesus. And everybody that's ever been blessed by Jesus, everybody that's ever increased by the name of Jesus, everybody that's ever held on in life because of Jesus, I need you right now to not be coy, Roy, to pull out the key, Lee, and set yourself free and give God some praise. But it's about to get good. Who is this Jesus that so many are afraid of? What's the issue? Peter got a revelation one day, and here's what he got, Mark, Matthew 16. And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of of the living God. Jesus said, you right, little bro. You right. But you didn't get that revelation from your denomination or your spiritual religious leaders. You got that revelation from my father. Flesh and blood did not reveal that unto you, but my father, which is in heaven. He says that his father revealed it to him. And you know what that means, right? If God is his father, then Jesus is the son of God. Do you know what that means, right? If Jesus is the son of God, then Jesus is God the son. I'm preaching myself happy. A little theology in here, right? Jesus is not a mere mortal man that grew into Godhood. The baby in the manger was God. <laughs> Come on, he said, a body has thou prepared me, and lo, I go into the volume of the book to do your will. Jesus stepped out of heaven through 42 generations and wound up wrapped in swaddling clothing, lying in a manger through the womb of a woman, but it was God that was his father. Jesus didn't start being God and grew to be God. He said before Abraham was, I am. Yeah, I am that I am. He's not the seed of man. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is impeccable, sinless. That doesn't mean he's sinless because he's sinless. That means that he was incapable of sinning because he didn't have a sin nature. We sin because our nature is sinful. But when you have the Holy Spirit and when you have the Father of lights as your Father, there is no seed of corruption in you. God was his father, not Joseph. Joseph was told that that holy thing in Mary, come on, was of the Holy Spirit and that God was going to come. Zachariah said it, that a virgin would conceive and bring forth a child and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. This is why when Jesus came to the baptismal service of John the Baptist and John saw him, he calls out the Lamb of God which has come to take away the sins of the world. God's perfect and blameless and spotless living sacrifice walks in and voluntarily lays his life down for us once 
and for all. Jesus is called many things in the Bible. Jesus is called the last Adam. Remember the first man Adam was made a living soul but the last man Adam was a quickening spirit. Jesus is called our advocate. Jesus is called the almighty. Jesus is called the alpha and omega. Jesus is the amen of God. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus is the blessed and the only potentate. Jesus is the captain of our salvation. Jesus is the chief shepherd. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Jesus is our deliverer. Jesus would be called wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Jesus is the faithful and true witness. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is our great high priest. Jesus is the holy one of Israel. Jesus is the I am that I am. Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is the one mediated between God and man. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is master. Jesus is the resurrection and life. Jesus is the bishop of our souls. Jesus is the word made flesh. Jesus is our anchor. Jesus is our shelter. Jesus is our friend. Jesus is our lover. Jesus is our God. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And he's more than that. His name is Jesus. We share in the English vernacular. We can use English to call the name of God. The name of God is impronounceable. It's called the tetragrammaton. In the Hebrew, there are no vowels. And so there are vowels, consonants that are put together that are actually impronounceable. To try to say the name of God would be like taking a breath. It would be like taking a breath. It's impronounceable, right? But we call him Jesus. Listen to my man, Matt Stick. He's a Christian apologist. Here's what he says. Some say that if you don't pronounce Jesus' name properly, then we are in sin and serving a false god. But that accusation cannot be made from the scripture. It is not the pronunciation of a word that makes us Christian or not. It is receiving the Messiah, God in the flesh by faith, that makes us a Christian. There are people who would say to you that if you don't say Jesus' name properly, or even if you attempt to say Jesus' name, that you are not a Christian. But let me give you a quick Bible lesson, if you could, just for a moment. Let me give you a little theology, right? So here's actually why we say the name Jesus, right? Here it is. Yeshua, next slide. Yeshua is the Hebrew name for Jesus. It means Yahweh. The Lord is salvation. Say Yeshua. Next, the English spelling of Yeshua is Joshua. Say that, Joshua. Next, when you translate Yeshua or Joshua into Greek, in which the New Testament was written, the name Yeshua becomes Isus. Say that, Isus. From the Greek, and those are the only manuscripts that we have, we find Isus. When you translate, the next slide, when you translate it into English, the spelling of Isus 
is Jesus. So there you have it. Jesus. So the reason we say Jesus is because we have Greek manuscripts and when it's translated into our language, Jesus, Joshua, Yeshua becomes Jesus. And when somebody tells you he's Yahweh Hamashiach, he's Yahshua Hamashiach, uh, I'm not Hebrew, bro. I don't speak Hebrew, bro. I speak English, bro. And in English, his name is Jesus. If I was Spanish, he'd be Jesus. But I'm just telling you right now, it's Jesus. And if you call on that name, I need you to freak somebody out who thinks that if you don't call on that name the way they do, you ain't saved. I need you to tell them the devil is a liar. His name is Jesus. So there you have it. You ought to get excited. I learned this yesterday from the guy who coined that expression. One thing we should all get excited about is that Jesus coming into the world teaches us something. It shows us that how we come into this world does not dictate how we live in the world or even how we will leave this world. In James A. Francis' book, One Solitary Life, here's what he has to say in that book. He was born, Jesus, in a little town named Bethlehem, in a manger in Mabari. I mean, in, in, in Bethlehem. He grew up in a town that was not known for producing several celebrities or great people. He worked in a carpenter shop and was unknown until the age of 30. Right? He never got married and never had children, of course. He never owned his own home. He didn't go to college, never lived in a big city. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place that he was born. These things, though, did not prevent him from fulfilling his purpose. Jesus also knew what rejection felt like. He was only in his third year of ministry when the whole world turned against him. Some of his closest friends and people that he had helped one day just turned and walked away from him. One of his closest friends that followed him betrayed him. One of his closest friends that followed him denied him. Jesus became subject to uh, corrupt court systems. Um, he was unjustly convicted and unjustly beaten and crucified, nailed to a, a Roman cross. He was hung between two thieves, two criminals as a criminal and he never sinned neither was that gal found in his mouth on that cross Jesus died he went into his own y'all and his own received him not but remember this is Jesus we're talking about right you know what Jesus had said to them <laughs> Jesus had said destroy this temple and in three days remember he's the promise keeper and all the promises are yes in him. And in three days, I will raise it up again. Guess what? He's the promise keeper. Jesus did just that. Jesus raised Jesus from the grave. <laughs> He's a bad man. 
Jesus raised, Jesus raised, Jesus. You better get excited here. And now, some 2,000 plus years later, this Jesus is still the central and most controversial figure in the human race. Some of you are sitting here today and oh, you're all dressed up and you thought coming here today is it, it, it's great and, and fun and exhilarating and you're happy about being able to come back together again. Some people you were driving by and walking by despise your Jesus. He's still controversial. Dr. Francis goes on to say this. No other king, no other ruler, nation, regime, a social order, all put together, has affected the life of man on earth as much as the one solitary life of the man called Jesus. Amen. Here we go. Jesus came to earth, but have you ever thought about what happened? Oh, have you ever thought about what would have happened? Thank you, you can take that off. Had he not come to earth, Think about it. Bartimaeus would have never known sight and would have been a beggar till he died. Mary Magdalene would still be a woman of the night and walking around with seven demons inside of her. The demoniac of Gadara would have probably cut himself, eventually bled out and died amongst the tombs. Those lepers would have eventually rotted on their feet and died. The widow of Nain following that buyer, that casket, outside of the city, weeping over the death of her son, now widowed, would have probably died in grief. Jairus' daughter would have been a 12-year-old waste of life and would have died at an early age. Peter would never have walked on water and we would still be lost and in our sin. What would the world be like had Jesus not come? We'd be a world with no good news. We'd be a world without God, without a word from God. We'd be a world without a church. We'd be a world without celebration. What would the world be like without celebration, church? We'd be a world, Bonnie, without hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs. We wouldn't really know to sing the song of the redeemed because the whole meta narrative says that there's a God, holy other, who lives outside of time, who began time by creating the world. He created everything. And when he created everything, he was good. And then an enemy came in, deceived the man that God had created, led him astray. Man disobeyed God, centered it in. As a result, man tried to cover himself with religion man's attempt to be right with God. Adam made fig leaves, but God shows up, said, Adam, where are you? No need to make fig leaves. The lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. And to fulfill all things, that land will come, that lamb will come in the fullness of time, born of a virgin, born of a woman, made under the law, that that lamb would come and redeem. So you have the whole meta narrative. You have the creation, you have the fall, and you have redemption. That is our story. 
That's what keeps us together. The God who made us has not given up on us. The God who made us, though we're fallen, has not forgotten about us. The God who made us loves us with an everlasting love. The God who made us is long-suffering towards us. She just held up two minutes to go on this message. Somebody help me say, the devil is a liar. I'm going to kill we can even get saved right now. We wouldn't have a name to call had he not come. So I'm going to squeeze a quart in the pipe, run across this field, and I'm going to let y'all go. Because the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me give you a couple of things you need to know about Jesus. Jesus is our perfect example. Can y'all say amen? Uh, what, was, what was Jesus really like? Number two, Jesus was compassionate. Mark, Matthew 9, 36 says he was moved with compassion. He, he never avoided people's hurting. Whatever people were hurting, Jesus was there. Next, Jesus was a servant. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom. He's our perfect example. Next, Jesus was loving. Greater love and no man than this, that he'll lay down his life for his friend. Jesus was forgiving. On that cross, he cried, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus next was prayerful. He always found time to pray. He was still away with his father. Pray all night so that he can work all day. Jesus next was self-control. He resisted every temptation of the devil in the garden because there was nothing in him. Satan found nothing in him. Satan is the accuser of the brother, but you can't accuse somebody who's never done wrong. I need you to hit somebody that looks like they're sleeping, act like they're sleeping, got their eyes closed. I want you to slap them upside the head and say, wake up. He's talking about Jesus. How can you sleep when a man is talking about Jesus? It might be you don't have Jesus. You don't know Jesus. How can you sleep at a time like this and do that? It might be that that's not your cup of tea. But lastly, Jesus was humble. Lastly, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So I ask you this last question as I go to my seat. Do you know Jesus? Do you not just know Jesus, but do you love Jesus? If you love Jesus, let me just see you act like you're loving for a minute and just declare that you're loving for a second. But hold on. Hold on. You love him because he first loved us. While we were yet sinning, Christ died for us. And I've enjoyed myself this week greatly, y'all. I've enjoyed coming to Zimbabwe, Africa. But I don't know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And have you ever thought about who Jesus is really? I'm talking about from A to Z. I want you to know that A, Jesus is awesome and he's always on time. B, Jesus is beautiful and the best friend you'll ever have. C, Jesus is creator. D, Jesus is deliverer. E, Jesus is everlasting. F, Jesus is faithful. G, Jesus is good and he's great. H, Jesus is our healer. 
I, Jesus is Emmanuel, the great I am. Say Jesus is Jesus. And Jesus is just. K, Jesus is king. K, Jesus is kind. L, Jesus is Lord. M, Jesus is mighty. M, Jesus is a man. Jesus is near. Jesus is omnipotent. Jesus is patient. Jesus is powerful. Jesus quickens. Jesus qualifies. Jesus is righteous. Jesus saves. Jesus is trustworthy. Jesus understands. Jesus is undefeated. Jesus is victorious. Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is excellent. And Jesus is extra special to me. Jesus is Yeshua. Jesus is Yahweh. Jesus is zealous. And Jesus is the zenith of all creation. I want you to throw your head back. Reach way down. Shout. must be saved by the name of Jesus. When God began to move, the government was upset. The religious leaders were upset. They collaborated. They took them, incarcerated them, beat them, let them go and said, don't you go nowhere else teaching or preaching in the name of Jesus. And the Bible said when they let them go, Immediately, they preach Jesus. I release you today to take everything you've learned at action this year, to be emboldened and empowered by everything you've heard and experienced at action. Dr. McConey is right. A true, true mark of a spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled, child of God is power and Acts 4 when there was persecution not unlike the times we're in right now when the name of Jesus was being stifled by the status quo they prayed and the Bible said the room that they were in shook they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness I come all the way from the United States of America to leave you with the only name that will last you throughout eternity. To represent the only king, the all-wise. I am what I am by the grace of Almighty God. God's grace, God's grace, God's grace comes to us. Grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Whatever I have, whatever I possess, I'm just a steward. It all belongs to him. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. 
But Jesus washed white as snow. He entered in to the most holy place once for all, shed his blood on that mercy seat. For God didn't require any longer the blood of bulls and goats and pigeons and turtle doves, but the blood of the perfect lamb of God doesn't just help you to remove sin, but it causes you to forget even the sin. And therefore, if you're in Christ, you can become a brand new creature. So this Jesus that I preached about today saves anybody, anybody. And matter of fact, if you are saved, he saved everybody. So if you're already a child of God, then it's because of what Jesus did on the cross. Not your good works, not your piety, not your right living, not, your, not nothing you have done, but according to his mercy as he saved us. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.